This podcast was recorded on the 11th of January 2024 by HSBC Global Research. All the disclosures and disclaimers associated with it must be viewed on the link attached to your media player. And don't forget that you can follow this weekly podcast on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Macro Brief. Hello and welcome to The Macro Brief. I'm your host, Peter Stegall in London. Now, it's been an eventful few years for global trade. From supply chain congestion to pandemic-related spikes in demand, importers and exporters have had to contend with widespread disruption. And with geopolitical pressures, not least recent attacks on shipping in the Red Sea, some have begun to adjust their supply chains. As we head into a new year, is recovery in sight? Or could further policy change beyond the horizon as elections loom? To discuss, I'm joined today by Shnella Rajanayagam, trade economist. Shnella, welcome, or perhaps I should say, welcome back. I think this is your first podcast since 2022. It's great to see you. Thanks, Peter. It's nice to be back. So what does the picture look like for global trade as we head into 2024? So 2024 is looking a bit better for global trade, especially compared to last year, which was really quite dismal for growth. So according to our forecast, world exports are expected to pick up by around 1.8% this year, and that follows a contraction of 0.7% last year. Uh, Now, we do see two key factors that could really support trade flows this year. The first being inventory rebuilding, particularly following the wave of destocking that a lot of businesses have been doing over the past year. uh, And that could kick in perhaps in the latter half of this year. And the second factor is that of a sustained pickup in consumer spending, uh, particularly as the real wage picture is improving, as some consumers could tap into that excess savings that they have, uh, and also cooling inflation should help that a little bit. So those are some reasons to be cheerful about the prospects for trade in 2024. But in your report, you talk about a number of risks too. What do you see as the key risks? So we see four key risks to the outlook. Uh, The first being heightening geopolitical tensions. Uh, We've already seen what's going on with disruption in the Red Sea, uh, and that could certainly accelerate uh, this year, causing further supply chain strains. Uh, The second is that trade policy uncertainty could heighten, uh, particularly amid the many, many elections that we have this year. Uh, You know, it could be the case that some political candidates want to score geopolitical wins, and they, they might look to take a bit more of a tougher stance uh, on trade. Uh, Thirdly, there could be a rise in protectionist actions, uh, particularly as a lot of advanced economies are looking to strengthen uh, their industrial policy. Uh, And finally, of course, climate-related risks, particularly with what's going on uh, in the Panama Canal, which we've written about recently. And and what is going on in the Panama Canal? Just uh, could you remind me? Yes, of course. So the Panama Canal has been imposing drought restrictions since March last year, which is essentially constraining the number of ships that can transit. And so although the number is expected to increase shortly, it still remains well below what it typically is. And you mentioned a couple of uh, other risks there to do with uh, potential policy changes and protectionist actions. I mean, when it comes to the area of trade policy, what's the mood like at the moment generally? 
So it still is a bit strained and it hasn't quite recovered to where it was uh, pre-2016. There is really a sense of uh, wanting to strengthen the industrial policy toolkit to secure supply chains, to build resilience into supply chains. And because of that, we've seen a number of countries around the world implement subsidy actions. Uh, And some of these can be quite harmful for trade. So overall, when we have a look at the number of harmful policy interventions uh, affecting trade, the number is about 3,000 at the moment, and that's up nearly three times uh, what it was in 2019. So certainly something to keep an eye on. You also talk in your report about uh, grey swans, which is an intriguing phrase. What do you mean by that? So grey swan events are essentially events that are knowable and possible, but that we consider quite unlikely at this stage. And the reason I've flagged it is because we just don't know what can happen. And time and time again, we've seen how supply chains can get upended by these grey swan events. So it's certainly another thing to keep in mind. Do you think we'll see more businesses and countries looking to adjust their supply chains, perhaps through nearshoring in 2024? Yes, I think we will, especially because supply chains and trade flows are continuing to evolve. Uh, Already there is some evidence in the FDI data that reshoring is starting to occur, especially into Mexico and into ASEAN. And so we do expect that trend to continue this year. However, it is also worth noting that mainland China still remains a very important investment destination, but also an important trading partner for many countries around the world. As for example, it currently stands as the top import source for 70 markets around the world. So uh, while we do expect to see some of these shifts take place, it is gradual and it will take some time to fully bear out at the macro level. So Shanella, there's clearly uh, a lot of opportunities and challenges ahead for global trade in 2024. What are some of the key dates and events we should be looking out for? So the US election on 5th November will be a key date, particularly as there's a risk that trade tensions could heighten in advance of that, especially given that candidates on both sides of the political aisle are looking to take quite a tough stance on trade and with grievances related to mainland China. Another key date is that the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, this is the big trade deal in the Asia-Pacific, that's set to take effect for the UK in the second half of this year. Uh, And that's important because the UK will be the first new member to join the big trade deal. In addition, uh, the UK is looking to strike a bilateral free trade agreement with India ahead of elections in both countries this year. And also there is a risk that EU mainland China tensions could heighten, uh, particularly in July this year, uh, because that's when the EU could potentially levy some new tariffs on Chinese electric vehicles uh, if it finds out that these are being unfairly subsidised. Uh, And finally, the World Trade Organization is set to hold its ministerial meeting early this year, uh, which is seen as a bit of a bellwether for the future of the organization. So plenty for us to think about and an eventful year. Thank you very much, Nella. Thank you. Shanella Rajanayagam there on the Outlook for Trade. And here are some other highlights from the global research team this week. Bond deals enjoyed a strong performance in the last two months of 2023, and that momentum should stand them in good stead for 2024. That's according to our Global Head of Fixed Income Research, Steve Major. 
Steve has been assessing the push and pull factors affecting the bond market and on balance concludes that yields are likely to fall further this year. Emerging markets also finished the year strongly. Murat Ulgan, global head of EM Research, says that after two years of battling an inflation threat, the squeeze from tight financial conditions finally appears to be easing. He says that this by itself is enough to be hopeful about the EM outlook and to expect another positive year in terms of financial asset returns. And don't forget that our global chief economist, Janet Henry, will be taking your questions at our next Live Insights event, taking place on the 19th of January at 3pm UK time. For details on how to register and more on the reports mentioned on today's podcast, please email askresearch at hsbc.com. So that's it for this edition of the Macro Brief. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week.